When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. A Scottish football podcast that isn't obsessed with just two teams. Niche nonsense. Or surprisingly brilliant. You decide. The Terrace Scottish Football Podcast. The cult Scottish Football Podcast now adapted into a hit TV show. Search the Terrace Scottish Football Podcast on your chosen podcast player now. Hello and welcome to a very special bonus Footballistically Arsenal podcast. Um, celebrating our glorious triumph over Chelsea in the FA Cup final and celebrating almost more than anything the fact that Josh Landy uh, predicted as much, predicted that we'd beat Chelsea. He was alone, I think, weren't you, in in our um, predictions at the end of the last podcast? I think I was alone in predicting we would get through the semi-final and then I predicted a 2-1 victory. Yeah. Against Chelsea. And that's why we got to the end of the podcast last week. And I thought usually the last podcast of the season, we thank everyone that's been on during the season. I thought, no, I'm not going to do that. I know we're going to be yeah. Chelsea and we can do that next week. But you you didn't have such faith, boys. You were you were unsure. No, I was very pessimistic. I'm, it's partly, I'm, I'm generally like that now. When it comes to the big matches, I feel like I do that thing where I predict we're going to lose. And then if we win, I feel like, you know, at least I've got a prediction right if we if we lose. And then if we win, we win. It's so you kind of get something out of it that way. But I'm calling you Guru Josh from now on because your fucking predictions have been on point the last few games. More excitingly, though, than us droning on about it, we've got our uh, favourite guest, Alex Brooker, joins us from his glamorous wooden shed in Huddersfield. <laughs> yeah. Hello. The glamour. The glamour of it. I'll be honest with you. I thought we'd get humped in the semi-final as yeah, well. So I thought we'd win. Do you know what? I started to think we'd win on, on Saturday in the morning. But on Friday, basically because it was a TV BAFTAs. And I was going, basically, because yeah. last leg were nominated. I was like, two things will happen. Either last leg will win and Arsenal will win. And I'll be drunk for about 72 hours all the way through. Or we'll lose and then Arsenal will lose. And then last leg... Lost to Taskmaster, which I don't have any qualms with. It's a wonderful show. <laughs> and then I was like, we're definitely getting beat tomorrow. Tomorrow, I can't even be bothered. Don't know why I'm bothering with it. You know, and um, actually, I woke up in the morning and I was buzzing. I was, I was, I had cup really? final fever. Yeah. I got really yeah. excited. It, it wasn't the same as uh, as regular, but I still had that excitement uh, exactly. with it. Yeah, yeah. Some people said, I know. Sorry, Josh. One quick. I was going to quickly say, just put this to bed early because some people said uh, on social media, like the you know the the um, the the anti Wenger people who wanted him to go, you know, weren't that happy with cup final was under him towards the end, you know, and we kind of said it wasn't that important. But we always loved winning the cup. We were at, that's never that was never an issue. Arsenal fans absolutely loved the FA Cup, and we like, I went to all those cup finals, and they're all brilliant. I still wanted Wenger to go at the end of it, but you know we still absolutely love the cup finals, and we love this one as much as ever. Josh, what are you going to say? 
No, I just wanted to hear more about Alex's excitement on Saturday morning. What, what was your routine? I mean, because usually got, everyone was doing a tweet about, oh, we used to be nine o'clock in the morning. There'd be cut fun of him. I mean, you had the option of BT at 4.15 or BBC at 4.30. What did you do until then? Do you know what? I've got the kids. I've got the kids. I've put them in their little Arsenal kits. The girls looked adorable. Um, put a bit of the uh, the away boys on. <laughs> Do you ever, you ever see, if you've ever had the pleasure of seeing the away boys live at the Green Man or something? So the girls were dancing around in the kitchen um, to uh, songs featuring Arsenal references. In <laughs> and um, do you know what? I just you no, know, I had a, had a barbecue and stuff like that, and I was out. I was cooking. I was preparing ribs. So I'd never normally go big in. I was doing these beer braised ribs. You have to marinate them overnight, then do reduce down the liquid, cook them for four hours. So that was really like, I was focusing on the ribs to try and calm down my pre-match nerves. And also I just got absolutely bang on it. I had a, I, honestly, it was a wonderful day. It was a mm. wonderful day. I think my cup final fever ended uh, approximately 4 p.m. yesterday when while hungover, I did a um, coronavirus test for a forthcoming appearance on league of their own and as is protocols and rightly so on television now you have to do a coronavirus test and i can tell you what there is nothing worse when you're hungover than shoving a little stick up your nostrils and then in the back of your throat it was it was pretty it was pretty grim and then after that i was like oh yeah we've won now that's and positive or negative um, oh, by the way, yeah, all, all good. I'm all. It's a, it's a, is it? Is, I think Donald Trump had this problem when describing it. It's yeah, a you want negative. You, you want negative. <laughs> it's, a, it's a negative, which yeah. I take as a positive yeah. very much. George so. Costanza um, in Seinfeld. There's a very funny episode of Seinfeld where he gets that wrong and he thinks he's going to die. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so I was, yeah, it was um, very, again, another good result yeah. for me. But what uh, did you think? Let's go back there. That's, that's beautiful. I, I love that whole um, preparation. That, that's excellent. I, I, yeah, I watched like football focused. There was loads of build-up on um, on BT. There was an FA Cup channel on BBC on iPlayer. I watched some of that. Um, but I want to take you to the moment when they scored first, though. What did you think then? When they scored that first goal, when we were shit for the first 20 minutes, let's face it, they scored. What was your feeling then? Uh, I was just like, this is this is going to be awful here. Because you felt we just didn't get out the blocks and rightly went 1-0 down. And in fact, actually, just after that, they had a couple of um, chances. I was in the middle of like cooking. I kept turning around to put like the telly outside, and I kept like turning around. And um, every time I turned around, I kept seeing Chelsea with more of the ball. And I was just like, do you know what? I'm not going to let this spoil my day now. And it was so weird because gradually, we kind of we came back into it. We came yeah. back into it, but there was I kind of I still part of me kept thinking, ah, oh, well. We're gonna. This is gonna go wrong somehow. But it was just so weird, not being. It was. It was so weird in in the end. Just the the elation of a cup final, and it was different to normal. Uh, you know, I was dancing around the garden with, with my kids, and it was same. It was beautiful at the same time, but um, it was different. And I kept thinking about you know, you knew all the people that you go with, even the ones that like the people around that do your heading. There's always yeah. a couple of knobheads. Yeah. And I miss them so much. And it was it was such a weird feeling. Um, also, it was quite a result not having to get back from Wembley after oh, God, the game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 100%. <laughs> it was, yeah. It was yeah. nice to be, I didn't miss that. be in the garden at half seven rather than queuing down yeah. Wembley Way. But, yeah, they um, showed those helicopter shots of Wembley Way empty. And I was like, oh... <laughs> Imagine it's, that. If actually you could just like somehow evaporate everyone else and just go straight in and out of Wembley Way. But, yeah, I miss like we we'd have lunch before the cup finals. Me and you know our, our, our mates would go somewhere nice for lunch and you know get there kind of with a minute to go before the game starts. Um, Josh, what was your setup? What, what, what did, how did you um, prepare for the game? I, I, yeah, I was at home. Had you know some friends around for for lunch. Started the drinking quite early. That by the time kickoff came I was in a you know I was I was quite drunk really more than I would usually I was thinking back to sort of memories of Alex falling asleep at, at Wembley for being so incredibly drunk I wasn't quite at that point but I definitely would have been more disappointed by Pulisic's early goal I think had I had I not been I was sort of just uh just quite comfortable on the couch at that point I I think you know you think about Arsenal's FA Cup finals and we've got this extraordinary record now of winning eight of the last nine but I think I'm right in thinking the only one we've gone behind in is Hull and against Hull we were such favourites and you even thought at 1-0 and even you know it got a bit worrying at 2-0 but you thought okay 
But to go behind in a cup final is a big thing, and and you, and you do worry. And you know, if you'd have gone two 0 down to Chelsea, I think I think you probably think the game's up. So, um, you know, it, that it was such a concern. But you know, Arsenal massively sort of steadied, steadied, steadied the ship sort of fa- fairly quickly. It was a you know, poor fifteen minutes, but it wasn't like a poor well, first it was a drink half. Break. It was the drinks break, wasn't it? The yeah. drinks break came, which the drinks break has been brilliant for us, I think. Like, because oh, Arteta gets in there, he is so on it, isn't he? In that drinks break, he's like, within about a minute, he's telling every single player exactly what they should do, um, well, and they all go off and they suddenly transform the whole fucking thing. Have you watched? I mean, I have watched like every piece of content put out by the yeah. FA or oh, Arsenal yeah. since the cup. I, like, no, I watched. I watched I, it live on BBC One. I then watched it again on BT Sport Four HD, and then I w- listened to it in full on Five Live and listened to Six Oh Six after that. <laughs> yeah, so, carry on. one of the pieces of content that Arsenal put out was this Arteta cam, bench cam, as yes. they were calling it. I don't know yes. if you saw it. Yes. Which it also turns into, bizarrely enough, Dan Walker cam, because Dan Walker seems to be sat right behind Arteta. So, yeah. if you want a view of what Dan Walker was doing for the 90 minutes, that, that is also the place to go. But 100%, I mean, the idea wasn't that it's like a a timeout. That wasn't the idea of these drinks break, but that's 100% what, it, what it's become. Uh, and it'll be interesting to see what what sort of is that going to be something that carries on into you know next season i'm actually not clear i you know the five substitutes decided yet, no. so but it, you know what a chance to like get because you can't communicate in quite the same way to everyone as quickly when people are on the pitch and get your message on so you know it's it's it was fantastic and uh yeah that was a, I mean, that what, was a what turning a point that, yeah that yeah. was a turning point wasn't it alex because um like suddenly, like he was, he told them just to attack, you know, down the wick, down the side. So long, long balls. Let's face it, long balls to Aubameyang, um, uh, long balls from Tierney and um, Louise, and it just worked, didn't it? It was just like we just seemed to, we just seemed to get a little bit more control back, and it yeah. felt like literally from the kickoff we had no control for about fifteen minutes whatsoever, and we just started to get to get it get it going again. And honestly, like credit to Arteta, because obviously I realised that this drinks break and talking to players is a luxury that hasn't been afforded to all managers in, in previous previous Arsenal managers. Yeah. But what I would like to say is um, if we'd have still been under Emery, I'm not sure <laughs> how those drinks breaks would have gone. They'd have all come out and gone. Well, on the plus side, I've had a drink. On the downside, I still haven't got a fucking clue what we're meant to be doing here. So it's just crack on, do you know what I mean? But Arteta's yeah. such a good uh, tactician. And I think he got it right. And I think that Lampard was also quite right in his quotes after the game, where it did feel like Chelsea didn't react at all to us starting to get back in mm. the game. Yeah. And we just kind of, I mean, that first half, again, you didn't really want it to end because you felt we were getting closer. I'll be honest with you. I I was half cooking, so I didn't realise that Pepe's goal was offside as early as what it was, that the linesman had had his flag up early. And Jesus Christ, I literally screamed. I was like, that's the greatest fucking goal I've ever seen. Oh, my God. And it was such an anti-climax. But I would have – that's my only regret from the final is that I would have loved for Pepe – to, for him to have had that moment as yeah, that. Oh, it was a great goal, wasn't it? It was a great goal. You're right. What and a what, goal that was. It was very interesting, that goal, because um, no one stopped playing. Like the Chelsea defenders didn't stop. You know, sometimes they everyone stops because it was, it was that Ainsley Mate and wasn't it? It was offside. And um, not, you know, kind of marginally, but clearly offside. But then everyone carried on and Pepe carried on and scored that brilliant goal. And I was so pleased with him because fucking some of our, uh, some, I think, Unfairly, people slagged him. I think he's had a really good season. When you, you know, just his first season, breaking in a troubled, in a troubled side with three managers, you know, and and the most expensive uh, signing. It's a lot on him, and he actually his figures, his stats are really good, and he played really well. That was one of his best games, and and that goal would have been a brilliant icing on the cake, wouldn't it? But and then as it turned out, and I was devastated, devastated that we let the first goal in from Chelsea. Devastated he didn't score then because we have seen a lot of games where we've dominated for 25 minutes or so, especially in the second half of the first half. I think we did it with Spurs and not taken advantage of it enough. And I think that's almost become like a syndrome. So the fact that we then a few minutes later got the penalty was absolutely brilliant. Now, I want to mention at this point. So, as I said, I watched it on obviously on BBC One Live 
I didn't. I, I didn't want to watch it live on um, on BT Sport because they had annoying pundits on. They had Robin van Persie really annoys me. I think he's so irritating. Um, and Ria Ferdinand and Joe Cole. Um, so I wanted to watch Ian Wright and BBC One. But I did then. And, and, and on, on on none of those on none of the TV analysis of that goal of the penalty did any. I don't think anyone felt it was controversial that it was a penalty. Did they? The only question was maybe he should have been. They should have been sending off. You know. For um for the for the foul, but even then it's like no, it's fine. But on five live, unless I'm back on five live, fucking um Chris Sutton was absolutely adamant that it was not a penalty and that Aubameyang dived, and he went on and on about it for the rest of the game and again on six oh six, and he's absolutely adamant to the point where other pundits on on five live were almost like didn't even challenge him on it because he was so vehement that it was it wasn't a penalty and i was like i, I thought it was absolutely clear i didn't even think it was an, even an issue the, what the do you only, think literally the only one thing i thought for a second is they might they there was a horrible second when i thought they might have pulled it back to be outside the box right and there was one second where i thought maybe that's what that's the worst case scenario here is that they'll go, it started outside the box because that's when he first makes contact. Actually, I think it was, a, obviously I'm going to say that, completely the right decision. Also, I think with the defender covering, yeah, probably was the right decision not to, to send him off as well. But, I mean, if it had been given as a red, it, you know, you couldn't have... No, we wouldn't have been that surprised. We've had players set off, haven't we, in very similar situations to that. Yeah. But he, he start, just to say about the penalty, he starts, he, he clearly is holding him and kind of barging into him. And then, as you say, it kind of carries on into the penalty area. And he does kind of does it again once he's in the penalty area, which is when Aubameyang falls, tumbles and falls over. And it's not a dive particularly either. He just, he's, on, he's obviously propelling himself forward and he's finally loses his balance after being manhandled for about 10 seconds. It's extraordinary that, it's, that people think it wasn't a penalty. Look, uh, Chris, I, I like Chris. I've done some work with Chris over the years, but he doesn't mind taking the contrarian view to the uh, general public at, at various points. And by the way, he's got a book out at the moment If uh, for those that are interested in, uh, in purchasing it. Boy, are you, you going to purchase his book? No. Right. Anyway, uh, I think it was one of them where if a red's given... Is it a clear and obvious error? Does it get overturned? Probably not. But equally, you know, give a yellow, it's not going to get overturned for a red. It's one of those, you know, in, in between ones. I was like, you, Ali, I was just thinking the longer this takes, I was worried about it, you know, becoming a free kick. But what a penalty. I yeah. mean, you could not place it to hit the side netting in a cup final with the pressure on you when you're already behind. I mean, Bami, we'll talk about him more generally, but, you know, to swan into the semi final score both goals and drag us to, to come into a final to, to score in, in the manner he did. I mean, if he wasn't in a strong position going to the negotiation table before, then he couldn't have done any more. Could he it, in the final? It was just, I'll be honest with you. It's one of those things where basically I was like, as fans, like how sick did you feel before he took that penalty? Like, I felt horrible. so yeah. sick. It was horrible. And literally, I mean, he's the one taking the penalty. <laughs> yeah. It's a like it's on me. I'm here trying to do the ribs. And it's like, and it meant, it, you know how much it means. And to, to score that sort of penalty was, was, was superb. And um, yeah, also, by the way, what a, what a great ball again from Tierney though, over yeah, the top. Oh, I love, I love Kieran Tierney. He can do no wrong in my eyes. It's so weird that from where the club has, was earlier this season to now, I think I, I've, like Tierney, because he's played more. Like I absolutely love him. Uh, I've all of a oh. sudden I've got like a favourite player, yeah. and Emmy Martinez as well. His reactions after that game, are just, I'm probably jumping ahead a little bit, but he, how, seeing how much it meant to him after the game was just wonderful. It's one of my favourite cup final moments I think of all time from any Arsenal player. Was just how much it meant to him, how hard he's worked to get into into the team as well, and you don't begrudge him it either. And yeah. it was just. It was all of it just added to it. It was just yeah, wonderful. Oh, Not to mention yeah. the fact that the winning goal is absolutely <laughs> incredible. Yeah. Well, just to, on the on the Martinez thing, yeah, that post-match interview with Dan Walker where he was started welling up, he started crying. Then Aubameyang comes over, doesn't he, to, to, yeah. to, to join in with him. And then he, he then he gets, he's like, oh, brilliant. and then he kind of stops crying for a bit because Aubameyang's joined him and they're, and they're being funny and nice. And then he starts crying all over again um, when they start talking about what it means to him. And then there was other footage. Did you see the footage of him sitting down doing a, yeah. funk, phoning his family? I mean, oh my God, he absolutely incredible moving because his parents, you know, had really hard times and 
everything just yeah the emotion of that moment was absolutely brilliant yeah i agree it was just a fantastic i do now feel that you know you know martinez is the number one for me isn't he and i feel like leno has to either i wouldn't mind if we sold him i'm, I'm not not in a horrible way but you know i don't think you know it would be unusual to have two really really good goalkeepers and i think martinez is just that slightly i think his distribution i wanted to say actually his distribution and the passing out from the back on and on Saturday, and it's improved a lot since we came back from the break. Um, I think he's trained them so brilliantly to do. That. I know there are little moments where you think, "Oh fuck, we're going to let them in, and, and we're going to it's going to we're going to fuck it up." But generally, the passing out from the back, I mean, it led to that brilliant goal against City. It led to loads of chances on on, on the cup final. I think we're doing it brilliantly. I think we're set, like it's, he's properly got us playing that Man City way out from the back, and Martinez has to take a lot of credit for that. Yeah, it's a weird one now, isn't it? Though that all of a sudden we're talking about. Well, the two goalkeepers. The, the, the only thing I, I keep thinking with us is we're not exactly flat, flush with cash at the moment. And no. I just think they keep talking about assets that need to be sold. If you've got two good goalkeepers, I'm not saying which one it should be, but to be honest with you, there's, I don't see the point. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, yeah. yeah on, Chelsea, we should send, sell Leno to Chelsea for like 40 million or something. They need one. They, they've got they've got that fucking idiot Kepa. Um, we'll talk about transfers. Go on, Josh. What are you going to say? <laughs> Well, I, I, it's a massive decision for Arteta, but he's he's got to make it before Leno's in a position to to play again, basically, doesn't he? Because if he's going to start the season with Martinez as his number one, then he he can't he can't leave it. Like Arteta, he'll have to try and move Leno on in the summer. The only thing is, then you still would need to bring in a satisfactory number two. Because uh, again, we're we're skipping ahead of ourselves, aren't we? But that moment where. You know, Martinez brilliantly judged uh, the yeah. ball not quite going out the area. Yeah. We, you know, we were we were what two three inches away from Matt Macy yeah. coming coming in and start you know playing an FA Cup final. Yeah. Like, and I don't know about you guys, but my friends and I, we were like, that's what, that was out of the box. That was out. We were like absolutely committed, and yeah. we were like to the naked know, eye, it totally Matt, looked like it. Yeah. Like Matt Macy's about to make his like you know not quite I think he's played once or twice in the Europa League at you know or League Cup but you know that was a nearly an extraordinary twist to to the cup final. Well, but there were there were journalists there were journalists tweeting about that saying that that was a massive fuck up. Right, it took took quite long after the game because they hadn't seen. I think on BBC they showed didn't Ian Wright show didn't he? That it was on the line. It was literally yes. he was so holding after the, ball. the game though. After, after the, the game, oh no no yeah 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 but what I'm saying is on BT Sport they didn't even show that moment for some reason I don't think they did so I think a lot of journalists thought it was a terrible mistake and that for some reason you know the fucking VAR had caught it and we were really lucky but it was absolutely perfectly judged yeah it is one of those things isn't it though where you look at moments like that and when it it is going for you and there's been plenty of times with Arsenal plenty of times when you've gone this isn't going for us here yeah um yeah. I'll be honest with you the Chelsea home game when oh, Jorginho totally. should have been sent off. Yeah. Be, I thought to myself, stuff ain't going for us here. You know, Chambers having a goal disallowed against uh, Crystal Palace at home earlier in the season. And it was an absolute, you just go, it's just not going for us at the moment. And on Saturday, it went for us. Let's be honest with you. Yeah. Martinez, I, as much as I like the guy and believe he's a good goalkeeper, if you've got him to do that another like 100 times, I or I pretty reckon most of them are going to be out the box. Yeah, and it was just—it was one of those things where it just all all went for us. It all came together, um, in yeah, in one moment. And uh, good, good. Yeah. Sorry, Chelsea. Yeah. But I think oh no, completely. It was amazing. We got, we got the, we absolutely got the run of those decisions, didn't we? We have to say that. And you know, I'm absolutely happy. You know, the sending off was the worst. The sending off, I thought, um, was really unfair. And I mean, effectively, Xhaka kind of fouled him, didn't he? Xhaka stood on his foot really. Um, and then tumbled over like a bit of a twat. And um, he was really unfortunate. So, but we've had loads of players sent off, you know, wrongfully sent off. It's just, it just, it just one of those times. And that, that was, did you see there was a Chelsea fan on um, on Twitter or YouTube or something, like talk, calling for the whole thing to be replayed and the guy never to referee again and people, you know, they are absolutely furious. And I can understand it, but I think we've been there, you know, we've been there and it was just, yeah, it was lucky. But for some, us. Sometimes with, with Arsenal, like I'll look at it and go, well, this didn't go for us. It's like that in Ketia. 
sending yeah. off the other week. And I go, this didn't go for us. But ultimately, we're still defending like dickheads. So we've only got ourselves to blame. And that's one thing I did I did quite admire about Frank Lampard afterwards is he didn't make it all about... No, he was great. Yeah. He was just like, look, like, we yeah. were the ones that didn't play properly and we've only got ourselves to blame. And I think that there's moments when you, you, can, you can look at that. And I, honestly, I, I just thought... On, on Saturday, especially with a couple of the injuries, there was a moment where I just thought, wow, it really is. It has turned for us here, hasn't it? It yeah. really has. And by the way, I don't agree with celebrating other people getting injured. I didn't I didn't no. celebrate at all on Saturday. My one thing that I did think was, tell you what, we're, we're having a bit of um, stroke of luck here. It's going for us. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I agree. The Pulisic, I mean, he was their best player. Let's face it, wasn't he? I mean, he's been brilliant. Since yeah. the, since the restart and him going off, I really felt sorry for him. And I think I agree. I, it's all you can't you can't celebrate a player getting injured. But I think getting injured. But I think you have to you equally you have to admit that you're relieved. We were, we were, I was just relieved that he that he that he went off because he was so good. He's he was a very very dangerous player for them. Their most dangerous player. Um, and I, but I feel terrible. Yeah, it was, they had a terrible luck with the, with the injuries, the sending off. You know, the only decision we got was possibly the sending off with the penalty, but even then. But I don't but, feel terrible. No. Terrible. I feel I feel like, oh well. Yeah. Like no, that's as far as feel I will. Yeah. <laughs> I'm no, not gonna lose sleep over no. over Chelsea's um because we deserved degree. it. We absolutely and that goal, the the best that goal. Yeah, let's go back to the the second the Aubameyang goal. Fucking hell. I mean it just had everything, didn't it? It just the whole build up, I love the Bellerin run. The yeah. kind of weird bit where was he wasn't he fouled or on on beta they thought he'd fouled. I don't know what the fuck that was about. He clearly hadn't. Pepe, brilliant involvement. Everything about it was fucking incredible. Sabios kind of started off by getting out of the way. Um Sabios had a brilliant game. I loved absolutely fantastic. And just everything about that or Bamiang, the little runs, the little feints, the fuck everything about it was just fantastic, wasn't it? Look, and, and Aubameyang's taking it on his weaker foot and he's deliberately yeah. taking it on his weaker foot because he's thinking, okay, I'm up against Zuma. Zuma's thinking I'm going to go inside on my right, so I'm, I'm going to take a risk and go on my weaker foot. And it, he executed it to, like, complete perfection. You know, talking about injuries, let's not forget, we we, we did have three centre-backs out, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know who, who would have affected us in, in Callum Chambers, Mustafi and, uh, and Pablo Mari, who at worst would have all been you know, involved in the squad on the day, you know, what a bizarre, did you see that really cute moment at the end where Smith, the, the youngster who's never played a first team game, he almost looked like a little bit guilty when they put the medals out and he didn't yeah. quite know to, to yeah. take one. He well, I think they ran out, didn't they? Ashamed. Yeah. I think they don't think they, they did enough. run out. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. Did, it, did, it did look like there were a few shorts. I don't know who was like swiping one yeah. uh, who shouldn't have done because they must've had the, the 20, basically a 20 players, 11 and then nine, nine subs. There's so many sub stories to, to the fight. You talk about Martin, as we've already discussed, you've got Rob holding who, you know, was commanding in the 2017 final. And again, we've played another cup final, but I don't know how many, performances that immediately leap to mind in the three years in between, you know, it's actually not that many games he's actually played. I think it's about 35, 40 in all competitions that he's played. You've got Xhaka, who of course we've all talked about who's, you know, that turnaround from the fact that he probably should have gone out of the club. I think even coming into lockdown, people are thinking Sabios is probably not going to be with us next season. And then he's had the best six weeks of, of, of anyone. Oh, at the club. A man You've got Mate, yeah. Maitland Niles, even bloody four or five weeks ago, yeah. there was a big story about him going out of the club and, you know, pre lockdown, the only games Maitland Niles were getting was the, it was cup games. He wasn't getting involved or a sniff in the league. And then he's come in and played brilliantly in the semi-final and done, done pretty well. You know, in the final, you've got Eddie Inketia, who barely was getting a start for Leeds United in the first half of the season. He's ended up coming on in the cup final and, and playing a part. So there's just and so I many want to say, stories. Yeah, and I want to say, let's not forget a couple of things. Not so long ago, in fact, I would say like five months ago, most Arsenal pundits and fans and experts were saying that Lacazette and Aubameyang still can't play together. Lacazette was having a bad season. We admit that. He's incorporated the two of them brilliantly. Lacazette drops so deep now, you know, in that kind of, you know, he's doing, I thought he works so hard. He works much harder now than he's ever done before. And he works much harder. I think there are a lot of equivalent players doing that position. And he contributed brilliantly um, in, in, in the cup final. Him and having that that front three of Pepe, Lacazette and Aubameyang, I think is mouthwatering. And I think, so that I wanted to mention. And I want to see what, what Alex was saying 
um, about Tierney, folk hero, isn't he? He's absolutely a folk hero. The Tesco thing has now become, you know, like there was, do you see the the, the guys yeah. who went to the ground to celebrate with a gigantic <laughs> Tesco? The, th- the thing with Tierney is it just, I think it just goes to show that how much Arsenal fans are just, we, we take to, to players who you can just see, just give it their all. And he's just one of those players who loves getting stuck in and defending. And for me, with Tierney this season, there was a moment when we got knocked out the League Cup at Liverpool and he was trying to tell all the players to go over to the away fans. And it's stuff like that. And you go, well, he clearly gets it. He's already played for a club with a massive, passionate fan base in Celtic and become a folk hero there. So, of course, he's, you know, going to do it. And down here, and I just thought he was brilliant. With, With Lacazette, um, I think, yeah, he's he works so hard, or he has been working so hard. There is sometimes, again, though, it's weird with us, and there's a mentality at the moment where, well, if we've got to sell people, it's it's a strange one, but it is like, if you who can we get money for? Because that mm. feels like, it feels like that's always in the back of your mind at the moment. Um, yeah, I wonder. I, I, I think he. I think he really likes Lacazette. I think he really likes that front three. I, I wonder whether. I also not sure if. Um, we would get that much money for Lacazette, you know, for various nah. reasons. So I, I, I wonder whether he is, he is one that he would sell. Um, but there's so much more to talk about. Um, but before we talk uh, more and, and, and pull apart every single detail of the cup final for the next few hours, let's take a quick break. If you want an e-bike that doesn't look like it's made for the shopping precinct, something that's less Mr Bean and more Steve McQueen, check out the range of bikes from London-based Cooler King. From dope 250-watt city bikes to Harley Bobber-inspired 750-watt beasts that can tear your face off while leaving your smile intact. Cooler Kings are made in limited numbers, yet highly affordable. Check them out now on the web at cooler.bike or find them on Instagram with hashtag CoolerKingBike. Cooler.bike. E-bikes that are cool AF. And we're back from the break. Um, I wanted to mention as well a couple of things that happened in the kind of celebrations because the celebrations were brilliant. There was the brilliant um, Auburn not knowing what to do with the actual cup, with the base of it and that whole situation, dropping it. That whole thing was fantastic and bizarre and that no one just told him you know and i guess it's all because you're handed it aren't you normally when you're there in the in the you walk up to the royal box at wembley and princess whoever hands you the thing and off the base but he was i'm still fiddling around with that fucking base of it like for hours afterwards still didn't know what to do it was it was excruciating to watch <laughs> yeah, at the time was. i mean you don't really care because we've won the fa cup but the like the kind of the guy behind him, he's just like you pick it up off the base, and I don't know if he just thought he'd said you pick it up, pick up the base. I don't I don't understand. I've never seen anybody hold the FA Cup like a massive sandwich before. You know when you have a burger and it's yeah. got like too much in the middle of it. It was like he was holding it like two ended, yeah. and I've yeah. never seen anybody hold it. Like that. And I kept thinking this is definitely going to drop. This is a hundred percent. He's gonna. This is gonna fall off here. And I'll tell you what, though, makes you think though. Maybe those drinks breaks aren't as easy for Arteta to get through to players because honestly, <laughs> he was told to do one thing with the base and he had no idea. So it was. It was. Um, it was really it was funny. Brilliant. I thought and it, was, it was a little yeah. anti-climax, but it, it was, was lovely. symbolic, though, wasn't it? Of our season, we had such a roller coaster season. I thought dropping the cup like that was absolutely perfect. But what I, 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 I'm just going to say, by the way, that I thought everything about the season has been, it's been, you know, there've been crises, there've been ridiculous, there's been a, a terrible manager that we got rid of eventually, you know, it's been an absolute rock, but I've loved, I have to say, I've loved, this is what I wanted. This is this drama of this season, even the, even the lows, the lowest lows that we've had, which have been, you know, excruciating, but the highs have been brilliant. And this is exactly what we want, what I wanted from it, from it, from a season. I have to say, it's been incredibly exciting. Josh, yeah, I was just going to say on the on the trophy lifter. I mean, this final, uh, I was discussing with, with my friends on Saturday. 
you're going to remember this one. I think even mm. if you're not a fan of Arsenal and Chelsea, yeah. like in a way, I, I I don't know. Like I knew all the cup finals when I was young, but I couldn't necessarily tell you about all the ones that didn't involve Arsenal, you know, necessarily immediately, like over the last 15, 20 years. This one people remember. And and for Aubameyang, I mean, even in the end, he didn't even have the base on the right way. The base was actually upside down. And I don't know if you've, <laughs> you've, you've watched it back, but David Luiz looks like disgusted at him. Yeah, yeah, He's like yeah, desperately yeah. trying to tell him to yeah. like stop. But it, it is this terrible moment where David Luiz like at the last moment gives up and is like, I better be caught smiling in the photo. So it goes from like looking really angry at the whole situation that he's fucking it up to then like getting in with, with the rest of the cheers. It, it <laughs> makes a change, doesn't it? From being the other way around. It <laughs> yeah. looks like the Luiz yeah. have got this season. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, so right. I, I was fascinated. Go on. Sorry, Josh. No, I, I was only going to say, like, you know, you, you talk about drama. In the end, we, I, I, I tweeted yesterday, either it was going to be a bogey or a birdie this season. There was no par, given that the situation was that we were going to not have European football. And, and we birdied that it. Golf analogy. It is uh, golf parlance, I would say. Checking. Yes, we have, uh, we have, we've birdied it in the end, haven't we? we we've won a trophy that we're all, we're we all eagled it. Isn't it an eagle? It's like no, a, I don't think we've no. eagled. That would be okay. Champions League, I think, oh, right. if we'd have somehow got Champions okay. League. Okay. Um, I'm happy to, to any other sporting analogies you want to, you know, Well, throw the question in. is, Josh, if, if you'd have had the choice in December, would you have taken a mulligan on it in the whole season? <laughs> 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 Throwing in a bit of golf analogy. I used to play Tiger Woods golf on the PlayStation. I can join in. But yeah, it was one of we've, the uh, we've, we've got in. I think we we probably only maybe I'd have given you an eagle if it had been Tottenham instead of Wolves, who would have kicked out entirely of European competition. Uh, as it is, oh yeah, but they still have to play three, three yeah, three extra games against fucking fuck what from Baku, yeah, wherever, yeah. Um, yeah, but just to say, just a, more, a, bit, a little bit more about the celebrations. My, what was your favourite? My favourite hug, because I, I obviously I monitored Arteta, went to every player and gave them a massive hug. The one with Tierney, oh my God, because Tierney was almost in tears, I think. And that was beautiful if you saw that moment. Um, I, I still framed it and I've got well, it in my What I love about that is that Tierney's been used in his career to winning a trophy every five minutes. I know. I Even know. that came as, as, a, as a big thing for him. But again, though, look at him. You know, he's moved down. He's a young lad. He's moved down uh, to London and it's like, like he's even admitted that, you know, that he's he's not really kind of been out and about in London. He just gets on with his football and stuff like that. And like, fair play to him. I quite like the hug with Xhaka as well. I think, yeah. I think Xhaka's yeah. been... Um, it's been a good turnaround, considering where we were with him earlier on this season. Um, I, I think, in fair play to him as well, I think it just goes to show that actually there wasn't a point on Saturday where I, I was still going, yeah, but he still threw the armband, didn't he? It's like you move on in football. Yeah, yeah. Like in oh, I've moved quickly, on. And I yeah. feel like for most of the fans now, we, we, we've moved on where it didn't feel that way for a long time. Didn't, no. At the time, we thought there's no coming back. Yeah, so I, feel, him I feel like... To, yeah, like Sabias and Xhaka is now our midfield. I feel like now I'd I'd be amazed if we if if people aren't happy with that going into the next season. And you know, the one that I've kind of felt a bit strange about this is anybody. I kind of felt a bit sorry for Freddie Lundberg. Yeah, I don't know why. I feel yeah. sorry for him. Yeah, I and I, I assume that he he's still got a role within the team. He's still playing a part, but it's like he's never on the bench, is he? He's always. Yeah, he's, he's somewhere like hovering from, around, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, he's kind of hovering around, like knocking about. And it's a weird, yeah. it just feels odd for him. And I, and I do feel for him because he came in initially when we were an absolute state. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, it, it was, I do feel, it's a bit weird with Freddie, isn't it? Because he, he's kind of part, feels like part of that backroom staff, but... Yeah, Even but he's not Freddie he's not Morris, like the team bench all the time, was no. he? He's not like part of Arteta's close team that he's brought in, is it? Yeah, definitely not. Yeah, I think that's the issue. That they've kept him in a job, which is nice, almost sentimentally lovely, but he's clearly not part of Arteta's inner circle of of, of assistants, is he? No, I I've been told on, on reasonable authority as an expectation that he'll leave at some oh, point really? over this oh, summer. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That, um, which, which makes sense. Like he wants to be, uh, you know, a first team coach, a, a manager. And if he's not having that role and Arteta doesn't want him to have that role, he's going to have to go and find that opportunity somewhere else. Isn't he? Yeah. You know, he, he, I don't think he was necessarily treated brilliantly from what, from what I was told or given clarity last December in terms of what his 
role or future was going to be at the club. And he literally went from being manager to being sent to the stands to be kind of a kind of remote coach. And and that is a big leap for someone to sort of understand and, uh, and take on. So I'd have thought he'll probably, you know, if there is another coaching opportunity for him uh, out there, then I'd expect he'll move on. But there were some nice photos of him with the, uh, with the lads in the, in the change room. Yeah. Did you did you look at all the video footage in, on the bus home and the changing room? Yeah, there was some great. Uh, I watched all the Instagram stories. Yeah. Um, I watched loads of our Bamiangs. Um, I watched a good few stories of his before realizing he was talking in French in all of them. I thought he was just <laughs> shouting, and I was like, oh, I'm not going to understand what he's saying. Yeah. I had to keep watching them back. Um, did you see yeah, the bit with with Saliba the... with uh, yes. Bamiang? That was yeah, that was, was great. I enjoyed that, and also it's nice like Saliba's being integrated yeah. already, and. The other bit, just going back to like the footage, the other bit that I did see was um, the kind of what they're calling it. It's like the voice cam or something that they were putting out from BT Sport where you can hear what they were saying. I really enjoyed, just going back to our Bamiang's goal, yeah. is Jorginho talking to Kurt Zuma and he's just going right foot, right foot. And then our <laughs> Bamiang shifts it onto his left and he just goes, ah, oh, Zoo. Literally says, ah, oh, Zoo, yeah. just before a Bamiang yeah. clips in. Yeah. And it was such a lovely, it, I loved it. It, it yeah. put such a big smile on my face. Yesterday, it was yeah, and it no, is a, it is an amazing end to what has been a truly like difficult season. I mean, it's we can't get away. I don't want to be negative. We can't get away from that league position. I don't think Arteta's trying to. I think he knows that they've got to make big improvements. I just hope that this spurs them on a little bit. I really, I hope it really. I think it will. Yeah, yeah. Really pushes them on, and if the, it means he gets a few extra quid, then all the better. It's I think. Still, yeah. We're, we're I mean, being linked now with like sorry we're, we're being linked now with like three or four we've been with Coutinho, you know William, Party, you know a, a lot of the, the lot they're going to be big wages. Coutinho's wages are going to be fucking massive if we the, go for him. I, if the, you know. I mean, I don't like to believe everything I read on Twitter. I don't like to believe anything I read on Twitter. <laughs> no. But like some of the stuff about this William deal, if it's true. That he's going to be on, like, was it like two hundred grand a week, yeah, or something like that? And we've yeah. offered the best wages to him so far. Yeah, apparently, for a bloke of his age, over what is it, three years? It seems like if we're trying to, if we're like worried about wages and we need extra money, like it's still. I know you're not paying a transfer fee necessarily, but it does feel like an odd move. It really yeah. feels like an odd move because he doesn't, unless he's guaranteed that. Arteta thinks right. He's the one player who will make all of the difference in that front three. But really, is he going? Like, I can't. I don't. I think he's a decent player. But was he thirty-two or something like that now? Yeah, thirty-one. I think he's thirty-one. Nearly thirty-two. Yeah, it's bizarre. It's Kia Drabchin, isn't it? It's He's also who's also Coutinho's agent. And yeah. Gear Direction almost seems to be running the transfers of the club. In I think it's bizarre. All I'd say about William, I think it's interesting. William, I know Chelsea fans, like, I know a few Chelsea fans, and they love him. Like, they absolutely swear by him. And, you know, I know a lot, I've seen some Chelsea fans on Twitter today kind of suddenly deciding it's over for him because they know he's going to move, clearly. But they're still, you know, apparently he's incredibly fit still, you know, blah, 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 blah. I just feel there's a weird Chelsea-Arsenal, like, swap situation going on anyway with him it feels a bit like the louise situation and then and then coutinho i mean i'm fascinated by um who fucking he was unbelievable for liverpool wasn't he until and they saw him for over what 100 million pounds and now he's like he could go for like 10 million and apparently we are favorites again you know apparently direction what and 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 i read today that arteta's keen on him as well that genuinely keen. i don't and who knows maybe his experience at barcelona you know it can all go wrong can't it for a player but he was fucking brilliant he and he was we talk about creativity that we need he is a fucking creative player in theory sorry josh go on no, I, I think it's uh, it, well. It's interesting, isn't it? I, I, I think I, you know, from from what I understand, Willian is really the one that we're expected to come. I mean, yeah, I think that will the, happen. The, yeah. There's rumours of him, uh, you know, moving house to a different part of London as well, and uh, and uh, someone showing him houses in a in a part of London a little bit closer to where we're gonna, you know, where Arsenal's training ground and, and Arsenal will be. So. I, from what I, you know, if what I'm told on that regard is true, and that makes sense that, that he is probably coming and also to have no involvement, you know, in the, in the cup final, there's, uh, there's yeah. gotta be something to it. Um, 
look, it's just on the one hand with Arteta, you're kind of like, well, you know, is it the future? Is it, you know, Saka? Is it Martinelli? All these young players like Alex was just talking about there who, who we're going to get excited about. It's Willian, 31 and, you know, has he already peaked? It doesn't feel necessarily uh, amazing. But I think what we will see now in the next three or four weeks is some quick business. Is it Gwendouzi gone? Is it taking the hit on Ozil and we're paying him 200 grand or 250 grand of what he's doing? Maybe gone. Um, Socrates possibly gone. Talking about the goalkeeper situation. I just think there'll be four or five out and three, four coming in, in in the next three, four weeks. Because Unlike, you know, previous years, what what did I see today about pre-season? When's pre-season starting? Uh, I think it's like, two, is it two weeks' time? I was seeing some messages. I mean, we've obviously got a Chelsea well, Shield. Because the Chelsea Shield's in, in 28 days. Well, 26 days' time now. Yeah. There's going to be quick, quick business that's mm. already... And, and, you know, they've had... You know, he's had since, what, the Brighton game, he's decided no more Gwendouzi. Since lockdown, no more Ozil. They, they, they've got to have been planning some some exits as well as... You know, people coming in. I've heard with Ozil that he's absolutely flat out refusing to go. He won't go anywhere. He will literally just do a bail and just see it out. And if that's the case, and they genuinely, I've had the Arsenal just keep off, basically offering him out to anyone. And mm. he's just, and Ozil's just going to refuse to go. And then what do you do? Because if you get to that stage, and it feels like, I'll be honest with you, it feels like they're already fairly close to it. If it gets to that stage, then. What do we do with him? We might as well keep him in the squad, don't we? Give him the odd game? I don't know. Like, what are they going to do? Leave him with the under-23s and just do what they're doing at the moment? Is that going to Is that going to be a sustainable... I'd rather, I'd rather not see any, anything of it. I, I, it was so... I mean, it was so notable, wasn't it? you got Saliba there in the fucking dressing room. You haven't got Ozo anywhere. Nowhere. Yeah, Absolutely. I think it was in Turkey. All yeah. right. I mean, fucking hell. It's, they're definitely uh, pushing Ozo. I mean, Gwen Doozy's gone. Yeah, he's gone. And oh, But also, I think we'll see how good a lot of other clubs like we my thing with Gunduzi is I think he had a lot of raw potential but I bet you any much I can't imagine like a big big club coming in for him no and no. and even on the cheap and I think that this is a slight problem that I have slightly with William and similar to what I had with David Louise is Chelsea are essentially not only our London rivals are also rivals for top four and stuff like that and where you want to be as a football club and if they're letting people go they're not giving him new contracts. There's a reason for that. We yeah. saw it with Louise, that reason, about six times this season. <laughs> yeah. So, do you, I mean, with William, I'm not saying he's like error-prone or anything like that, but I just don't think it sends out a good message. No, I do you know what I mean? When United got Van Persie off us, that's taking a decent player off your rivals. Yeah. And they the did, player course, they don't want to lose. And it's we like, did... We did offload Giroud to Chelsea, who, of course, not only did, apart from that one, um, what was it, that back heel for the first goal, had a fucking shit game, and I was so excited about how the shit clip, it was. The clip of Giroud the cli- oh, going down going is down one of clip. the funniest yes. things that I've ever seen. Nudging the-, the back and the way he goes down. <laughs> and you forget that that's like, he's so dramatic. How many times oh. did we watch Giroud play for Arsenal and go, he's done his cruise shit here? Totally. He's, that's him done now. That'll be him. That'll be him out for eighteen months, yeah. and then literally the next thing he just get up. Yeah, and it was just honestly, yeah. he's got a future in acting. That, that was such a brilliant moment, and it yeah. summed up for me everything I, I don't like about that bell end. And I'm so sick and I've been so I've had to put up with. No, let, let me just say this quickly, Josh. I've had to put up with every fucking two bit pundit smug hip-tastic Arsenal fan banging on about how he's like the greatest player and we miss him this and the other no, we only only the true football fans appreciate him it's all bollocks it, yet again you know he had, a, he had a poor big game he fell over in that, in that embarrassing moment and who cares about him forget about him all, all those Arsenal fans banging on about him more than Lacazette no he's a tedious annoying player and thank fuck we've got rid of him I'm happy with that. Wow, you really sat on the fence there, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, say, say what you think, boy. Someone I, he, wrote, um, uh, uh, Tim Stillman wrote a brilliant thing on him, uh, a, a kind of little tweet thing, I think on Friday or Saturday, saying, he's, a fourth, he's your fourth choice striker, wherever he's gone. you know. And I know he's no. had a brilliant end, end of season for no, Chelsea. No, no. He said he's your fourth place striker. Fourth, yeah, right, sure, okay. But, yeah, we finished whatever. eighth. So you wouldn't mind him, would you? That's, <laughs> that's the way I look at yeah, it. Yeah, we're four, we're four below. No, I think I, you're we, being still a, a, we still don't need him. No, you're being a little bit harsh. I mean, he still will come the end of the season was keeping, you know, Tammy Abraham, one of England's brightest, you know, striking hopes out there. I think Tammy Abraham would have done team. better for them against us than the Jura, I have to say. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, could have been. Uh, but yeah, it was certainly, you know, of course, everyone thinks that, don't they, about their ex-player coming out to haunt them. And, it, I, you know, that clip of Giroud on the plane after the Europa League final in Baku and what, what, did, it, what did he say? Cheers, Arsenal? Or it was yeah, something like yeah. that, wasn't it? So it was I'm, a little I'm, bit. I'm, I'm exaggerating my dislike for him, obviously, for comic effect. But he is a fascinating... And the Christian thing, you, I didn't know about the Christian thing until I read about it in The Athletic. He's a staunch Christian. And then he had, when he took his, his shirt off, he had his old Christian thing, God thank Jesus. You know, yeah, to Jesus on his. Um, I'm not going to dis dis that at all, but you know it's fascinating. Man, I know he's been heeding them every time. He thinks he's out for the season because honestly, when the way he goes down, that's that. Maybe it's an act of God. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, well, but I guess we're, we're right. like, what do you what what would you what would you guys be happy with? Because I. I just still think I love like seeing these names, but the big ones for me are still obviously centre halves, and you don't know they're not they're not the big links that we always get, are they? Um, in terms of centre halves, and the weird thing is that when they all come back from injury, we're going to go from having no centre halves, yeah. So all of a sudden, we're going to have far too many, yeah. And um, yeah, I'm I'm quite intrigued because if certainly if he's going to keep playing three 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 centre halves, mm-hmm. then he's definitely going to need need to keep keep a couple of them. But I don't want to see Tierney playing left-sided of this a free. No, do you no. want him? You want him going up and down that yeah, course, that yeah. wing? And it's I'm just quite intrigued of what he's going to do. Really, what if you know? Because we're always we keep getting like, William, Coutinho, even Thomas Partey. Yeah, like, yeah. Well, I want to see us linked with some big like centre halves first, please. Can we have yeah. one of those? And yeah, that's I know. what the I think. God, we've just got so many centre halves, don't we? Don't we at the club? And you know, in Pablo Mari, did he like him? We didn't really get an opportunity to see how much he can offer. And does Arteta rate him? Saliba coming in, you know, what's the thoughts there? You know, he, he, he can't bring one in without you think getting rid of what one of Socrates, Mustafi, Holding, Chambers, possibly even two would have to go for someone. Well, Socrates, we've got so clearly- many. He clearly doesn't fancy scratches, does he? Because I, mean, I agree, but he's going to have to offload him at a fee, and yeah. then probably then probably one more like Chambers hold. There's a lot Chambers. of centre backs. Chambers will go, I'm sure, if you know if he can. Yeah, well, he's hung and around he, the club a long time. Oh, I know, I know. He's a, I love him. He's a lovely. He's a he's a he's a lovely guy and everything. Yeah, but I, I I think I think they will get rid of a couple. But I agree. I agree with Alex. It's weird. It's weird that we're never. You know, you because actually when you when you talk about if you talk about competing for the top four, and I th- I think I think we're on the verge of that of being able to compete on. The the top four with Arteta. I think, you know, I think the whole discussion now about has he improved us or not, I think that's moot. I think he's absolutely proved with these games, these games against these big teams that we played really well. He's clearly 100% improved us in so many ways. It's absolutely there. Now it's just a case of can we strengthen the team and can he bring in the key players that he needs? And I feel like a world-class defender, even with all of our other defenders there, is still like the one thing, isn't it? It's like the key I, I think, missing factor. Again, as you know, I don't want to be too negative, and it was amazing on Saturday, and it was amazing against City, and there have been highs. Until I see Arsenal be able to do it for ten or so games on the bounce, and I don't think they oh, can right. with that squad. Then I, I won't. I, I think we're always going to have the same problems because you looked at us. You know, I, I thought we were superb against. City and then just because we go to Villain, we're absolute dog shit. It's one of the worst I've seen us play for ages, yeah, and that was only the other week. Remember? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. and and it's yeah. kind of those moments. You know, Watford at home. I, I get that we were gearing up for the cup final, but Christ Almighty, some of the defending. And I think until that is addressed, we'll keep on. We'll. I think we'll kind of. It'll be like Groundhog Day for us, and that's what I want to see. I want to see more more of those staunch defensive performances. Yeah. Weirdly enough, I want to see us be a bit more. Yeah, boring. Go back to the old. I know like, what you mean. Yeah, t- yeah, but I think back, and I think once we we get that, and once we get that foundation and that base, then it will. But it must have been hard for Arteta, and like especially with the circumstances around like coming into the club, then all of a sudden there being coronavirus, there's a big break, and he's doing Zoom coaching and stuff like that. And I mean, yeah, I, I, I went, and also it was interesting with Arteta. He was very. I didn't know, but like, I realised it must have been difficult for him. But there was some stuff he said about every every day. It felt like there was something else that was happening yeah, that was going like wrong. That. Yeah, and yeah. you wonder what that yeah. alludes to far more than mm. oh, David Luiz got sent off the other day. 
that's not you can't just keep putting it on these same people. Like there's there's definitely more going on behind the scenes. Yeah. And I think yeah. that it from I think the you sounds were talking about Urza, wasn't he? And, and yeah, the whole I think wage thing and yeah. Yeah, I think that there's a lot going on behind the scenes in that at that club at the moment. And I do, you know, I I don't know. The fact that we keep going to Keir Jarabchian just as soon as no, we I need know. a player doesn't fill me with a lot of confidence. I think he's taken. Yeah, I think the club was a uh, was a total basket case, you know, when he arrived. And I, I and so what, what, I think the fact that he's shown we can play that defensively and really be on it in these games, you know, in the city that's the city game, obviously. I think that the mere fact he's shown we can, if needed, he, and and play differently. Look, we play differently against Chelsea. And we play differently against Liverpool. I feel like that's incredibly exciting and positive. But you're right. I, I, on the other side, if Clear Jerabshin is, is clearly in charge of our transfers, then that is a worry. Did you see, uh, if you're watching the tunnel cam, the players coming back into the dressing room after winning, I don't know quite who was hugging the Arsenal players, but a couple of them, like there was something to talk about money. Like then Martinez made this comment, like, I don't even care about the money. Did you Did you see this at all? Yeah, oh. I know what you mean. Yeah, I did see it. You know, yeah. there was some comments. There was some joke about money. Yeah, they were saying money, money, money. Yeah. As in, I'm sure there's an FA Cup bonus and there also there was a yeah. thought, wasn't there? They're only going to lose, not lose, but it's 7.5% rather than 12.5% if they hadn't qualified for any European comp- competition. But I thought it was quite, it was a, you know, just a reminder, wasn't it? Of just what this meant just to the club, you know. Yeah. I, God Maybe know, like, they were talking about the Mackies that him and Torreira got after. And he was just <laughs> saying to Torreira, no. Torreira's like, I'll sort you out because I saw them on Instagram getting yeah. Mackies after the yeah. game. And maybe he's just saying, Torreira's like, yeah, mate, I'll square you away. Yeah, and Martinez is going, no, I don't even care about the money, mate. Don't worry, we just won the FA Cup. I'll get you nuggets. <laughs> <laughs> totally, yeah. Did, Did you, you see that? Did you see the other weird moment when, who was it? I think it was Pepe or someone, or, or someone got a picture of a goat on their iPad to make a joke about this is the only goat that Aubameyang is, as in greatest of all time. And Aubameyang thought it was the fucking funniest thing he'd ever seen and was holding up this um, picture of a goat endlessly and chuckling about it and laughing. I think I love Aubameyang and Lacazette, their goofy thing they have. They're like goofy, kind of nerdy sense of humour, you know, with pictures of goats, etc., and they're dancing. I think the whole thing is fucking. Honestly, delightful. you need you need a, you need the people who appear with you every week to find you funny. I find that very much on the last leg. We literally <laughs> you get the ball rolling for each other. So that's yeah. what you do. Josh Josh is like <laughs> is like my little partner in crime like that. But yeah, he's um yeah. I, I think it's lovely to see like that. They clearly got a good team spirit. They really they, there's yeah. clearly a good spirit in, in the camp. And look, if if the bad eggs are being weeded out. Um, then all all the better for it. But I think they, it's going to be interesting to see how the next few weeks pans out. It's weird that last time I talked to you, one of the podcasts, we were talking about Bukayo Saka and how yeah. vital it was to get him. Yeah. Done. And actually, when you think about it, towards the end of the season, he didn't really play a big part, did he? No, it's pretty interesting. And yeah, it was, yeah. it was, it was yeah. quite strange how that once that deal was signed... Yeah, if you literally, if you look at it, once the deal was signed, yeah. he's not played as much. No, it's And I don't know if that's one of those yeah. things where he was just... Maybe he, you know, obviously I, th- I think he needed a breather anyway. He played, yeah. and we were yeah. saying last time, Josh, how much football Bakayo Saka had played. Yeah. And it was just like, yeah, but he didn't really feature, did he? But maybe he's from the Meza Ozil school of play really, really well. Oh, get don't the contract. Say that. Don't say that. And then I chill out a little bit. No, no yeah. I don't think he's like that. But it was, I mean, this was another story. You know, we talk about Saka, a young player of the season, then not even being involved in, in the final. And then the, all these, you know, players like, you know, Inketia who. You know, presumably had there not been a change of manager necessarily in circumstance, he might not have even been at Arsenal for, for the latter stages of the season had things gone a bit better for him. Has he got two medals then in Ketia? Has he got one for Leeds and one for the Cup? I assume he has actually because he played, I think, uh, 17 league games for Leeds, which would definitely be enough to get a medal. It's probably quite a unique double, isn't it? A championship yeah. medal and an FA Cup medal. In the same season. That That'll come up uh, in a pub quiz one yeah. day, guys. You can so, remember yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. And also, yeah, Ainsley Maitland Niles, like, uh, you know, playing such a key part in the City game and, and in the Cup final. Yeah. Like, that's kind of almost out of nowhere because he wasn't, he was famously one of the people, one of the players that um, Arteta supposedly had a problem with. And he's completely rehabilitated him and he's, he did brilliantly in two huge games. So, yeah. And that's which is partly why Zaka didn't play, isn't it? Because he picked Maitland Niles in a way instead. I it's think it's interesting just shows... the way that Arteta seems to call people out as well. Yeah. 
yeah, yeah. I think I, I, that's something that I like. But on the whole, I tell you what, just I think that Saturday was just wonderful. It was oh, so okay. good, and after the season we've had and the way it's been going, we still, you know. Gosh, you think Tottenham fans lord it over us? It's like they'd have given anything to have had a Saturday, and we've had that was another one of them. Yeah, that was another one. It's yeah. like you know, fourteen of them. Yes, yeah. please. Every, uh, I agree. It's, yeah, it's it, wonderful. Yeah. Uh, it's just, Every single thing about that day, about the day, about the everything from the team selection to the to just to the drama. It was a really good game, wasn't it? First of all, cup finals are fucking notoriously dull. We've been in some terrible ones and some, some good, but that was a really good game, wasn't it? There was like periods of they, the Chelsea pressure, our, our pressure, the goal, the every, had everything, the incident, sendings off, fucking, uh, and a goal, one of the greatest of all FA Cup final goals. It was absolutely brilliant. I loved it so much. It was so good. And if this is, you know, it, it, realistically, it's hard, isn't it? It's, it's getting in the top four is going to be fucking difficult when you've got, you know, you've got United getting better and better, playing, making more signings, no doubt. City, Liverpool not going anywhere. Tottenham hopefully can fuck things up under Marino. We'll see. It's going to be hard. But what I do think is, under Arteta, I just think we're going to have a lot of really, really exciting stuff happening. I think it's going to be fucking really, really... I'm, I'm really excited about the whole thing. Yeah, we'll be back in September for the first podcast of next season. And we already know what our aim is, don't we? we our aim is to get into the top four and yeah. qualify for the, the Champions League. And that's probably, you know, City and Liverpool feels like done deal. You know, United, if they are as strong in the next season as they've been, you know, in the latter yeah. stage of this season, are going to be favourites to come third. And then, you know, we've proved it, haven't we? We're, we should be there with Tottenham, Chelsea, Leicester to to really battle for it. And, uh, you know, that, that already has very clearly got to be the target for next season. Yeah, 100%. But Alex, what's your single greatest moment of the season? I could, you know, I'm not going to go. For, past, for sheer elation, how Bamiang's goal on Saturday was clearly is hundred percent going to be one of yeah is comfortably the greatest one of my great awesome mo- moments in for many for years as well. Yeah, I, we just didn't have matches this year that meant as much as the FA Cup semi final final. Europe was you know we're we're long gone. It wasn't like we got to a European semi final or final. We had that excitement in the league. We never got got to a point where we were really challenging. For, for anything, even that victory against Liverpool felt great the other day, but it sort of felt like, you know, a little bit in vain. For me, I actually think I got more excited by the semi-final because actually it was against, you know, obviously much better to win the cup. But in terms of going, wow, yeah. we can do this under Arteta. Yeah. Like, I, I could have foreseen that we could get through Chelsea. I think more would have been my surprise to see us get through Man City. So that felt like the game where you go, actually... There's something to work with here. There's something to be, you know, excited about, and it's going to give us an opportunity to potentially rescue the season in some ways. So, also, for me, just the moment might be the city. For also, actually, just another one is. For, I mean, it didn't really mean anything in the grand scheme of things, but for the for the player that we've got, I love Martinelli's goal at Chelsea. Yeah, that was mine. That was mine. Yeah, until well, Saturday, the Martinelli again, that, that goal. would go up there. That was. Yeah. 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 Fucking brilliant. Yeah. And to see him celebrating with his leg in his, you know. On his, on his yeah, they were there. hopping. He was hopping around, wasn't he? Him and Mustafi were there like, on yeah. the on the crutches, hopping around. Exactly. I was slightly concerned about that, but yeah, that was <laughs> it was good. Yeah, yeah. No, Martinelli until Saturday, until that, until the Aubameyang. I, but also, I agree with Josh in the City game that the pass from the back goal, that goal with all those passes, was absolutely awesome. That was just one of the all-time great Arsenal goals, wasn't it? To think we could do that against City was a huge moment. I think, yeah, definitely. All right, well, I guess it's time to wrap up, isn't it, really? Thanks so much, Alex, for celebrating this glorious, glorious moment yeah, with you. us. Right. Uh, yes. Good to be back on as well. Notched up a few more appearances again, boys. I'm back into yes. the swing of things now, haven't I? Fantastic. Yeah, after, yeah. after a bit of a hiatus, I'm back. Yeah, you are a busy man, to be fair. Yeah. When's the Where last leg we... back? <laughs> last leg is back in October, so... Um, yeah, that, uh, we we won't be back until then. But uh, yeah, just keep keep busy. And we, in, we should in say we 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 had Alex with us just prior to the documentary, uh, yeah. which uh, which we all enjoyed. So, uh, oh, is, yeah, there a, right. is is there a follow up documentary, Alex? Is there a? I don't know. I'd, I'd quite like to do one just where if we get back at football fans into the stands, where it's literally just every episode is just. 
is just that that shot of me in the stands with the people yeah. around me and the conversations that go on. It could be like a football version of The Office. Or Goggle be. Box. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. Just, you should write that sitcom. You've got to do the football version of The Office based at Arsenal. Based you and your, you and your surroundings at the Arsenal. Yeah. That, I'm commissioning that now. If I had the power... <laughs> That would be fucking brilliant. Please make that happen. Please, God, make that happen. And by the way, Josh, I've been meaning to say this for days. Didn't I see you? Didn't I glimpse you on the FA Cup, the road to Wembley on BBC One the other night? You were, That was fucking you on TV. I was on TV. And I've got to tell you, not a single person... <laughs> Mate, I heard your Met voice, I think, on... Was yes. it Football Focus the other day? I think there was a montage on there. Was right. that you? That was me. Not I thought it was you. Person. I <laughs> I meant to message you, but you were also in vision on the road to Wembley, weren't you? On on that one. Yeah, I did. So go I was going to text. It was late. I was thought it's it's about. It was like eleven forty five when it finished. I was like, I was a bit late. I'll I'll, I'll and then I was kind of storing it up it's for a, now. We can't all be prime time like Alex, right? Some of us have got to make do <laughs> with thirty seconds on BBC One at eleven forty eight. Yeah. Joe Boer, frequent guest on the show, he was on with his son, wasn't he? On um... so basically, I'll be honest. It's a friend of mine who's a producer at BBC. Oh, it ruined the magic up, now. He'd lined up a load of Man City fans to do a uh, a little bit of chat after the semi final, and that went wrong. So then he just got in touch with me. So yeah, actually, Gareth the Bear went down and, uh, and Gareth was on, was he? And uh, and Joe Ball, who incidentally I bumped into on cup final morning, we're both at the gym in the swimming pool and out of nowhere, there was Josh. So actually, Joe and I were previewing, <laughs> talking about the final together in the swimming pool on Saturday morning in the beautiful sunshine, which was a lovely start to cup final Sounds day. Sounds erotic. A <laughs> <laughs> swimming pool where like, I was the youngest person by about 30 years in, in sort of, Fine. yeah, in a Finchley gym. It wasn't that exciting. Okay. Um, but that was me on BBC, but no one else spotted me. But I know that you have a, an eye and a, an ear for TV more than anyone. So thank I was, you. I, I saw Joe with his son, which was adorable because that was really cute. I didn't see it. Was Gareth on TV as well? Was Gareth the Bear Parker? Gareth and, and his uh, daughter, Grace. Yeah. Fantastic. Uh, oh, wow. An array of footballistically Arsenal people were on. We should thank everyone who has appeared this season with us. Yes. Um, so, yes, thank you to, to everyone. And uh, and thank you to everyone for, for listening. And, and Boyd, for your... Uh, I think I think you didn't miss one this year, Boyd. Which I think is oh, the first really? time in our seven year. Yeah, my oh. records, which are kept uh, supremely, uh, appropriately for you to say supreme... Thanks. You you did not miss a, an episode for the first time in the seven years we've done this. You you were ever present. You started every game. So congratulations. Oh, thank you. you. Oh, I'm good. I, I'm, I'm yeah good. I feel I feel like I achieved something in my life. Someone wrote. <laughs> someone gave us a brilliant pie chart, didn't they? Of all the things we discuss every week, which, which Wenger oh, Wenger was like about sixty percent quite accurately. <laughs> Maybe now, maybe finally, we'll lay him to rest and we won't discuss him. Of course, we will discuss him every week in some way, shape, form. Um, but the best guest is always Alex, though. Alex Brook is always Thanks. the best guest, without <laughs> oh, any doubt. What so You would say that. Thank you, so Thanks when are we, a lot, guys. Thank you. When are we, we'll be back before the... Well, the season starts on the, the 12th of September, so I feel we should, uh, we'll be back yeah. in the, the week prior to, to that. Unless we're going to be back before the Charity Shield, actually, come to think of it. We'll have to, we'll have to work it out. Okay, and we should thank Leon, our engineer. Is that what he's called? Engineer yes. and you know, sound engineer, yes. sound man, guru, person who makes it all work. Has to deal with our deal with whatever fucking time we decide to do this. Yeah, thank you very much to Leon, and thanks to you all for listening. And we'll be back. Cheers. Bye. Wasn't that a great podcast? Now, if you've got ninety seconds spare in your day, come and listen to ours. It's called What Has He Said Now and is available wherever you got this podcast. You're going to lose a number of people to the flu. This is a Playback Media production. To listen to all our football podcasts, visit playbackmedia.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.